Hey everybody, welcome to Corner Stories and I am your host, Raquel Louise. Corner Stories is a platform where I kick back and share testimonies, read snippets from books and share whatever is on people's hearts with a focus on bringing revelation and shining God's light on the problematic situation. There will be special guests who will engage in fostering healthy conversation and exploration. So sit back and relax and enjoy the food. Hey, so today's episode is going to be about marine spirits. What I'm going to do is just discuss them briefly. And the reason why I chose this topic is because I think it's very important that we all know the different spirits that are out there that are demonic and that can easily transfer to us whether we realize it or not, from other people, no matter what relationship we have with them or no relationship at all. It could just be somebody passing by in a grocery store. So let's go through it. Marine spirits are responsible for many, many things. They're responsible for violence, madness, anger, cultism, lust, sexual perversion, divorce, bankruptcy. And marine spirits also appear in your dreams. So there is terminology called succubus and incubus, women and male. So what happens is while you're dreaming in your sleep, if you're having sexual fantasies or sexual dreams with an unknown entity, it's a marine spirit. Okay. And what the marine spirit does, it usually takes on the form of a male or female, depending on what your preference is as a human being. And they perform all of the acts that you like. And once you begin to have sex with the spirit in your dream, you are then married to this spirit. And what happens also is In real life, let's say you're married, you're really married to your physical earthly husband and you guys are having trouble and you end up in divorce. Well, one of the things that marine spirits are responsible for is divorce. So let's think about these things that I just recited to you. And just remember that these are all demonic spirits. These are not good spirits. They are demonic spirits. Okay. Also, marine spirits are responsible for all dead things in our lives. Things like organs or dead, a dead womb or brain dead, or even a dead spiritual life. All of these things come from the bottom of the sea. Now, this is a very important statement here that they actually come from the bottom of the sea. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie scripture in there so that you will understand in a second. But let me also explain to you the entrance into your life, how these spirits enter your life. Now, we can go back as far as your ancestors from a hundred years ago that practice witchcraft and entered it into your bloodline. And here we are, well, let's say we are hundreds of years later in the present time, and you still, as an individual, are exhibiting some behaviors and some uh, personality traits from the list that I mentioned, like maybe sexual perversion or, you know, madness or anger or lusting, things of that nature. And 
it's something that happens in people in your family and you don't realize that it's a curse because you're born into it and it's quote unquote normal to you. Well, it's not normal and it's a possibility that you are the demonic curse breaker for realizing that this is not normal and it's time for you to take action. Okay. So through dedication and sacrifice at any time of your life, it could have been when you were a baby. Again, it could have been in your bloodline. It could have been something that you ate as an adult from someone who did not like you. Um, and they sacrificed you. It could have been any of those things. Also allowing them to enter your body or property. Okay. So this right here, when you allow them to enter your body or property, what you're doing is you're actually having sexual intercourse or you're holding, you're, you're participating in a seance, quote unquote, or whatever, you know, um, um, whatever rituals that happens within witchcraft, you actually allow it into your body when you give it your focus, your attention, when, you know, because the, the, the way to reach our soul is through our eye gate and through our ear gate. So if you are paying attention to this and you are actually lending your heart to it, you are allowing these evil spirits to enter your body. Now, as far as property is concerned, I'll go as far as to say this. Like, let's say I remember when I was younger and I used to see some you know, friends or associates borrow clothes from other friends or associates. And I never judged it. I was just like, oh, okay, they share stuff, whatever. They must be really, really good friends. I never was in a situation like that. Like I always had my own clothes. I never even shared with my sisters um, because we were all the different sizes, right? But let's say the person that you borrowed your a, a shirt from, a pair of pants or, you know, whatever, a sweater, and their family members are practicing witchcraft in the home where your friend lives, whom you borrowed the clothing from. Whatever spirits are in those clothing, in the clothes that you borrowed, you now have in your house. And the spirits, they don't die, they leap. They jump from one entity to another. So if they are entered into your home and welcomed into your home through a piece of garment or whatever, through even have a sexual intercourse within with a with with an individual whom you don't know if they practice um, these kinds of witchcrafts. Um, you are welcoming the spirit into your environment. So this is another way of it entering your environment, right? So I think I touched on all of the areas and all of the um, ways that marine spirits can enter your environment through dedication and sacrifice, coming down the um, line of ancestors, allowing them into your body or your property, having sexual intercourse, borrowing items. Here's another one. Even when we go to the store, and this one we can't even control as much, which makes it a little more scary. But even when we go into the store and we buy clothes, we don't know the um, spiritual beliefs of the person who's designing those clothes. We don't know what rituals they are practicing, if they are practicing anything in their home while they're designing. So we don't know what we're getting when we even purchase our clothes. And I'll give you an example of two things. Okay, the first one is Starbucks. Pay attention to the logo. Do some research on the logo of Starbucks. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Starbucks. 
But I stopped drinking Starbucks once I understood that the logo is a mermaid, which is the name is Siren, which is a marine spirit. And what this Siren mermaid was responsible for was bringing the sailor's ship to wreck. She would lure them in to her presence with her beautiful singing, her beautiful melodic voice, and her seductive um, topless, because um, she was a mermaid, so she didn't wear a blouse, and so she, you know, her breasts were exposed, and she would be in the middle of the sea. And what she would do, and although this is a, you know, this is a myth, it's also, you know, some some of it is biblical as well. Um what she would do is draw them in to a shipwreck and the souls, all of the sailors would die. It would be a catastrophe where they would die. And guess where those souls went? Guess where the bodies went? Guess where the spirits went? Into the sea. Now, remember above, I said that the marine spirits were responsible for all things dead at the bottom of the sea. Okay, so those souls went into the sea, and that's another thing that I need to do with deal with as well. In in the book of um, Matthew, in the book of Luke, and in the book of Mark, let's for, let's go back for a moment. Let's think about when Jesus was walking on the beach, and he was approached by a demonic man with shackles on his wrists and his ankles. And clearly they were broken because he was not shackled in the tomb from which the town people shackled him. He was able to break free. He was demonic driven. This man had many, many, many evil spirits within him. As Jesus walked along the shore, the man or the demons housed in the man began to walk toward Jesus and they addressed Jesus as son of God. So they knew him. Remember, demons, when they hear the name of Jesus, they flee. This particular situation, they, they asked Jesus to cast them out of the man. They no longer wanted to be there. Jesus asked them, what is your name? And the demon replied, legion for we are many. So Jesus did cast out legion into a herd of pigs, which were nearby. Now, what happened was the pigs actually went crazy, started running all around, and then they ran toward the sea. What happened? The pigs died. What happened to the spirit? Well, guess what? They were back home in the bottom of the sea where they belong. So let's remember, this is biblical. If you are a believer, you want to know about these things because it is real and this is something that you can encounter. And if you don't know about it, you can't rid yourself of it. Okay. Which goes into my next topic, ways to deal. So the first thing that you must do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. The second thing that you must do is engage in spiritual warfare. These are these would be having intense prayer sessions, multiple prayer sessions to remove these spirits from your person. You can lay hands on yourself. You can go into a church where there are powerful 
powerful prayer warriors who actually specialize in this specific area. Okay. But you have to do it multiple times to get results. Also incorporated within that is not only praying daily and multiple times a day, but also fasting. And when you're praying, you're commanding these spirits to release you. Then what you want to do is you want to confess. You want to repent for any wrongdoings that you have done or any wrongdoings you didn't even know that you were doing. And you also want to denouncing, you want to denounce dedication or sacrifice, which means you don't want, even if you were a willing party in the sacrifice, you are now at a point to where you want to rid these spirits from your person, from your spirit, and you want to denounce dedication. You want to denounce sacrifice. You no longer want any ties. You no longer want to be anchored to these evil spirits. And then the next thing is you must be rooted and grounded in the word of God. And what I'm trying to tell you is being rooted and grounded in the word of God, because when you are, you're going to actually learn about these spirits as well. Okay. Now here's the thing. When you're doing um, your own reading, here's some scriptures that you can focus on. The first two that I'm actually going to read out for you is going to be the first one is Leviticus chapter 17, verse seven. And what it does is it warns us against remembering the names of demons as Christians. So God doesn't want us to remember the names of any of the demons of the sea, any of the sea creatures. He doesn't want us to remember them. And you might want to ask yourself why, or you might even think why without asking. Well, I think, I believe the reason why God don't want us to know the names of these demonic spirits and continue to speak about them is because we don't want to give them power. You know, we have all power within us from the Holy Spirit that lives in us, who is God himself. So we have power, but focusing on the demonic will relinquish your power and give them power. So you're relinquishing the power of the Holy Spirit because you're focusing on the demonic world instead of focusing on the heavenly world. So we don't want to continuously speak the name. You can know them, but you don't have to continuously have story time about them. You know, the next scripture is first John chapter four, verse three, and it teaches spirits. It says all that we need to know is every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Let me say that again. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Now, that is the way that you test a, a person that comes into your presence whom you may be considering having around you for a long period of time. It could be a friend, it could be a spouse, potential friend, potential spouse, potential anybody. But what you want to do is you want to test the spirit because guess what? They need to verbalize their belief in Christ, in the blood, in the life that he's living, that he did live, that he's the son of man. They need to verbalize these things and not only verbalize it, but show it, show that they actually believe. And that's how you test a good spirit from a bad spirit. Because if you cannot, if they cannot verbalize it, then something a little sketchy might be there. 
And I'm actually going to give you a little synopsis of a personal situation that I encountered. So I was new to a city and I met a gentleman and we were just friends. There was no intimacy involved. This gentleman was showing me around the city. We had kids around the same age. So we planned trips like fairs, you know, street fairs. And we also did things like take them to the movies. And we also made a trip to the beach. Now, this is where I actually got a chance to learn what spirit this person um, inhabited, what he worshiped, right? And it didn't matter to me back then. I also was a babe in Christ. So I never really, I never even thought to test the spirit, you know, because I never, th I never, I was never intending to become more than just a friend. It didn't matter. But it actually did matter. So here's the thing. One day when we all went to the beach, we had food. Like I bought some food for the kids and he brought some, some stuff for the kids as well. So as we're preparing and the kids run off and they get into the water, I'm preparing food for the kids to eat so that when they come out of the water, they can have drinks and food, you know, so just in case they're thirsty and hungry. What I noticed as I was preparing um, one, two, three, for five different, you know, plates, the gentleman was gathering up the fruits into his bosom. And before I got a chance to say anything, because I actually wanted to cut up some of the fruit, because I love fruit, he was taking it whole and turned and walked toward the walked toward the walk the ocean. And as he walked toward the ocean, I asked him, hey, where are you going? You know, let's cut up some of this fruit and give to the kids. And I'd like to have some of that watermelon and melon and things of that nature. And he said, oh, I'm going to go pay homage to the ancestors. Now, I thought something of it, but couldn't really understand because, again, I was a babe in Christ and I didn't know anything about that. He did tell me that he believed in Jesus. He did tell me that he read the Bible. So I thought that was good enough. I didn't know that there was more. So that was strike one, right? That was something, red flag number one. Red flag number two was as we went to the, a diner later on that evening after a long day at the beach and on the boardwalk and playing games and all that good stuff to get the kids something to eat before taking them home. And I pray over my food. My son pray over his food in Jesus name, Right. But no one on the other side of the table were praying over their food. They actually just started eating. So that was another mental note red flag for me. The third one was I prayed over my food in Jesus name and I heard a chuckle. And when I heard the chuckle, I knew from there on that was the third red flag. That was the last strike. That was the last thing that I needed to see in order for me to know that the spirit was not of good spirits. It was of witchcraft and I needed to go. So that was the last time that we broke bread together. I had seen him off and on every now and again. But we never connected like he used to teach me kickboxing and all of that stuff. But we never got back on those on the same pages where we were hanging out and having fun for the kids because the spirit was not of what I needed in my presence. So, again, y'all. People you encounter on a daily basis, you never know 
what they worship behind their closed doors. So you have to be very, very, very careful. Okay. So let me give you a couple of other scriptures that you can focus on when it comes to you, um, combating and going into warfare against these spirits. Okay. The first one would be in second Corinthians, you got chapter 10 and you also have chapter 11. I would read through the whole chapter um, instead of just going to the specific verse because you need to understand. Reading before the verse and after the verse gives you a complete understanding, a better understanding of what the verse is actually about. So I'm going to give you chapters. I'm not going to give you verses. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and chapter 11. Then you have Deuteronomy chapter 28. You have Ephesians chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 54, James chapter 4, Luke chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Psalm 84 and Psalm 91, Romans chapter 8, 1 John chapter 5, Matthew chapter 18, and I read to you Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7, and 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. Those are ones that you can actually focus on when you're engaging in spiritual warfare. Okay. Also can say on a daily basis, multiple times a day to combat evil spirits in our personal space. Okay. So here we go. Lord, please let every evil attack of the enemy over my household be exposed and destroyed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Corner Stories. I hope you were blessed by the revelations. And if you were, please share the podcast with someone else. This is your host, Raquel Louise. And until next time. Be blessed.